0: Namaste Acharya Ji. My name is Abhishek Sarda. I am a year student of the Department of Civil Engineering. But When to make a decision, we need to see if one decision, one decision is uplifting our consciousness or not. So, first to how to know that this decision will uplift our consciousness or not. And the secondary part is how to gain that strength. Even if I know this decision can uplift my consciousness and I should go in this direction but all other external environmental factors, peer groups, family, how to gain that strength and take the decision?
1: The strength will follow from the right choice. The right choice itself delivers the strength. It's it's benediction, it's grace. When you make the right choice, then you actually surrender yourself to the right choice. The right choice is a big thing. And that big thing then starts taking care of you. Your task is to choose the right thing, that big right thing, and after that, you find that unpredictably and unasked for strength and help is coming from various directions. Most importantly, the inner direction, so that will happen. So only the first part of your question is more relevant. Let's go into it. The first part is, how do I know which choice really elevates the consciousness? Let me try to answer it by discussing the opposite. How do you know that a particular choice is depressing your consciousness? If a particular choice,
0: if I am not gaining anything out of a particular choice, no, or if I am unhappy
1: by making that particular choice? Okay, let me, let me revise the question. Give me an example of a choice that you definitely know to lower your consciousness. You very well know that if I make this choice, it has a bad impact on the mind. Give me one example.
0: Okay, so to cite an example, if I start smoking, I know uh, this will uh, Great, great
1: and and let us make that a bit extreme. Hmm? Not merely smoking tobacco, let us say you have weed, hmm? let us say cocaine. Now here you will not dispute that it is having a bad impact on your consciousness, right? Now tell me how do you know that the impact is bad? Surely you have some criteria, let us use that criteria in knowing what is called elevation of consciousness. But on that later, first of all, tell me, how do you know that uh, drugs depress your consciousness? How do you come to know?
0: By looking at others, maybe, if I have not tried it till now, I have to make a choice. Be sharper, be sharper, be sharper. So by looking and observing others who are… Forget others,
1: forget others, you are under influence. You have had a night party at the hostel or somewhere right? and a lot of smoking and drinking has happened, Hmm? a lot of substance has been burnt. How do you know that your consciousness at 4 a.m. is not elevated, rather depressed? How do you know?
0: It's an emotion that comes from within, I'm not feeling very happy about that Sir,
1: give me tangible proofs, how do you know that right now your mind is not in a fit state, how do you come to know that?
0: I'm not able to do what I want to do, I'm not able to generate uh-huh. yes, yes. I'm not able to generate, I'm not able to translate my bones into the action at the
1: Yes, you're not able to, may I say think properly? Yeah, I
0: am not able to think properly. So
1: that's an important characteristic. The decision that you are going to make, is it going to facilitate thought or impede thought? The decision that you are taking, is it coming from a lot of thought or rather thoughtfulness, or uh, thoughtlessness? Similarly, when you are under influence. How easy will you find to address a problem in mathematics?
0: When when under influence, I know how to solve a problem in mathematics.
1: It will be difficult. Will it not be?
0: It will be.
1: Right. When in influence, will you know how to respond to any situation?
0: No, if under influence, I will be having multiple thoughts
1: multiple thoughts and will you have a response, a right response to anything in life? Let's say you receive a call at that time from one of your friends or even from your family and they tell you of a particular thing that is happening at home. Will you be able to give a good response to them? No. So now you know the characteristics of a lowered state of consciousness. Similarly, will you have control even over your physical movements when you are under influence? Yes.
0: If under influence, I will not have a proper physical control on my body.
1: You may even you may even Fall at the wrong places, vomit at the wrong places, not identify people, everything about your body will just be a loose cannon, a loose and irresponsible cannon, firing this side, saying this to that, abusing, falling, laughing for no reason. Crying and so many things happen, certain people fall silent, but whatever they do, they very well know this is not a state they want to carry on with for long durations in their life, right?
0: right.
1: Nobody wants yeah, nobody wants to have a long hangover. In fact, the next day you want to go to the laboratory, you want to attend your classes, and you want some, some lemon to help you come back to your senses. Is that not so? So friend, if you know what a lowered state of mind looks like, how do you not know what an elevated consciousness looks like?
0: Acharya ji, uh, this is after I, I have gone I have gone through this process. After I, I know the results, I know the results. I know this is lowering my consciousness. But before choosing the same, so uh, I, I'm going to cite an example. So before a student starts smoking or taking weed or taking alcohol he or she might not know the after effects, but under influence, they start doing so.
1: If you absolutely do not know what you're getting into, no problem. If you absolutely do not know and you have absolutely no way to gather prior information, then no problem. Experiment. There is no penalty on experimentation. Experimentation is a good thing. It's a step towards knowledge. But when you do all these things, do you do these things with the curiosity to know the effect on your consciousness? Or do you do these things with the deliberate attempt to kill your consciousness? Tell me, please. Think of the people who smoke or drink or whatever. Are they curious people? innocent of the results that the substance is going to have on their mind or they know fully well and knowing fully well, they deliberately want to um, hurt their consciousness.
0: The majority of parties who deliberately wants to lower their consciousness, but yes. some may be doing it in ignorance.
1: So if you can deliberately hurt your consciousness. Why can't you deliberately, with discipline and resolve, heal your consciousness?
0: Hmm? But, uh, then comes a factor of, uh, that's what I said, the externalities. I mean, how the peer pressure is uh, on you. If I do not have that much of strength to say no to something, which I know will deteriorate my consciousness. That is the prime factor I can see in almost all of us. Who do not who are
1: not coming from their home? No, the the problem here is not that the right choice is not being backed by the right strength. The problem here is that even the right choice is not coming from the right reasons. You let's say are in the campus and you decide not to drink. Chances are you have refused to drink because of moral reasons. Ma or Papa had asked you to not to drink and so you say no to drinks. It's not that you are refusing drinks because you know of the deleterious impact on the mind. That is not a prime concern with you. The prime concern is the promise you made to Ma and Papa. So even if you are making the right choice here, that right choice is not coming from the right reason. And that's why that choice does not carry much strength. And even if you make that choice, you find yourself short of stamina to live with it, to live by it, to carry on with it. To remain committed to that choice, sooner than later you find that you have subscribed to one of the parties. You rejected thrice, four times, you resisted, you said no, 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 and one day you find yourself saying yes, because you no never had any core to it, any right source to it. The no was a very flimsy no. The no itself was coming from an unconscious place. Hmm? See, just doing the right thing is not sufficient. The right thing must happen from the right place because of the right reasons. Otherwise, the right thing will find itself powerless and defeated. And then we will say, oh, even the right things, know, they get defeated and how do I gather the strength to do the right thing. I said right in the beginning that the right thing brings its own strength. If you are really doing the right thing with the right consideration, you will never find yourself short of strength. Are you getting so, it? Yes,
0: sir. So, to, uh, to make a choice which is right and elevating our conscious consciousness, I must go deeper into why I am making that choice.
1: Obviously you, you, you must go deeper into why you need to choose this way or the other, you must go deeper into what you hope to get from any of these choices. It is not just about participating in that party. Choices are aplenty, all the time you are being asked to decide this way or that way. You must know why you must make that decision and what exactly do you want to get and what good would it bring to you. If you do not know these things and you keep making choices uh, from a random point with this consideration, that consideration then life amounts to not much. And, and it's, a, it's a good uh, counsel, rather a warning to all students. We all have a moral compass. No? If you are asked about list of things that are good, you will write down helping others, not stealing, not getting angry, not hurting others, Hmm? studying well, respecting elders, so many things. you will say, oh, these are good things that must be done. And if you are asked to list uh, horrible things that must not be done, you will write down those as well. So we already have that uh, moral manual to live by. And we think that that will suffice. We feel that if we know what are the good things to do in life and what are the bad things to do in life, that will take us through life. No, this will not take you through life. This will be highly insufficient. Because this kind of um, road map lacks any, any heart. There is no conviction to it. There is no real depth it's coming from. It's just an external thing handed over to you. Son, in such a situation do this, in such a situation do that. And this, uh, do this and do that has no strength. Therefore, you find yourself doing things that the manual has uh, proscribed. That the manual has uh, rejected, advised you never to do. We all do those things, right? We all do those things that we would not want to share with Ma and Papa, right? Yeah, you you have been told that those things are not good, bad, bad, don't do those things, beta, betty. But beta and betty are doing most of those things. Why does that happen? Because an external instruction A moral algorithm just has no power because it has no heart. It gets defeated very easily by temptations, by fear, by circumstances. So let your do's and don'ts not come from established principles. Let them come from your clear realization. Let the decisions be instantaneous because, anyway, life gives you just so many questions to answer that you cannot always refer back to some helping book or something. The questions are just too numerous and just too frequent. No help, no algorithm, no code of conduct, no Externally prescribed basis for decision making is going to suffice.
0: So, we need to experiment and realize what is, what is there to elevate the con- consciousness and what is not.
1: Mostly, you do not even need to experiment, mostly you just need to observe very clearly. See you need to experiment only in those things where you do not have knowledge. But look at your life. How many fresh things or situations or thoughts or ideas do you really encounter every day? Not too many. Mostly you know those things, know in the sense of being familiar with those things. right? You make the wrong decisions even in the most familiar of environments. Why? Because even if you are familiar with them, even if you have past experience with those things, you have never bothered to closely investigate. Experimentation comes later. First of all, investigate what is already present. Experimentation will take place when something new or fresh comes to you. Hmm? Have you even investigated what has been there in your life since decades? Do you really know that or have you been living? With ready made answers. Investigate, ask, probe. Just as you do things in the laboratory, do stuff with your own life, your own mind, your thoughts. Where is this happening? Where is this coming from? And read, read a lot. Hmm? That will open up new perspectives. As you
0: said, we have the knowledge base. But there is a conflict in knowledge, so what is the right source of knowledge from where we can take an informed decision?
1: Obviously, obviously when, it comes to, when it comes to self-knowledge, there is just self-observation and Vedanta. Hmm? Self-observation and words of the sages. Keep observing your life. And parallelly keep seeing what the wise ones had advised you. Both these should go together.